This week in Baby Quest, getting even with Dad. Do you know that movie? No. I think it was like, was that the one with Jonathan Taylor Thomas? Why are you asking me? I don't know. There's one with Macaulay Culkin too, I forget which is which. This is a great intro. I'm Mike. And I'm Leah. Happy Father's Day. To you. To me. Happy belated Father's Day, probably. Because this is going to be out on Monday, and Father's Day was yesterday. Right. In recording. In release time, not recording time. Right. This is being recorded the week before Father's Day, (laughs) so it's in the future for us, the past for you listening. But this week, we're finally going to talk about something that I'm interested in. Oh, good. Me. (laughs) Finally. Excellent. Men are going to get some recognition. Okay, so Mike's being like kind of sarcastic, but in the lost community, dads are very underrepresented. As a straight, white, cis male in his early to mid-30s, it's the first time I've ever been like part of a minority (laughs) group. Yes. In the baby loss community, it is most often you are hearing from the person who birthed the child, their side of the story. Yeah, you don't often hear from partner's perspective. And so we thought we would talk a little bit about what it's like to be a lost dad. Yeah, so what is it like? I don't know. You have to tell me. This oh, is no. one part where I can't lead the can't lead the conversation. So I actually wrote about this recently. Uh, a little bit. The Butterfly Run folks asked me to write an article for their blog, which some people call a blog post, but when I write it, it's an article that just happens to be on a blog. Mm. And I found it a little bit tough to talk about, not so bad to talk about. It was really hard to write about it and have it come across in a way that felt appropriate. Talking about the the difference between lost moms and lost dads, because in conversation, I hope, well, we'll see in this episode, but I hope that I can, you know, inject a little bit of nuance but anytime I talk about it, and like I said, really struggled in writing, the the tough thing is coming across as, oh, well, I'm sad too. I get that moms are sad. How come they get all the attention? What about me? How come no one pays attention to me? When really there are differences, and we're going to talk about some of those things. But I've always, I really struggle as, like, I don't want to, my fear is that by me saying dads are sad too, is going to somehow take something away from sad moms. And I don't think that is the case. Logically, it's not. Like, it doesn't, it probably is not. There's lots of sadness to go around. We can all share the sadness. I'm sure there's lots of sadness and lots of attention and stuff, but I always feel, and I obviously, I mean, I do a podcast about it. I love talking about my sadness and loss experience and grief and all this stuff. I have no problem talking about any of that. But when starting to compare the experience of, like my experience as a dad to someone else's experience, I always feel 
a little bit like, oh, I'm getting the short end of the stick here. Let me tell you how sad I am. Like, it always feels like it's going to come across really poorly. I don't think you need to worry about it. I mean, I don't really need to worry about it because this is my podcast and I can say whatever I want. And you listening at home, if you don't like it, unsubscribe right now. Okay, no, no, no. Delete this podcast. Nope. If you don't want to hear about men's rights issues. Nope. Okay. So we're going to get started. (laughs) Starting now. This is when the podcast starts now. So like, what are some things that are that are different for you versus me that were different in like the early days for you versus me? I have an answer to this question, but even the way that that question is framed, like you versus me, like I don't, we're not, we're a team. We're not. I know we are, but there. No, no, I understand. I know, I know. It's just like the a language thing. It's just a, how do you talk about it without saying you versus me? There's no way. Anyway. There's not. And you just have to get over that. And I'm getting over it. Look, well, right now. I don't know if you are. This is me getting over it. When we were in the hospital, the the psychiatric team very kindly offered their services to you. Yeah. And I think that was, I don't know if that's typical for everybody in our situation, but I believe that because I have dealt with anxiety and depression before, and that was checked off on like my medical like info list or whatever when I went in, that that might have triggered them to call those professionals in to get a little more brain help. You had a few appointments with them, and that was amazing, and very thankful that they were able to help us that way. I've had really bad anxiety my whole life, and I'm medicated for it, and I've talked very openly about this as well, in in other forms, maybe. I think I talked about it a little bit on the show. Mm. But anyway, I'm known for having really bad anxiety, too, and I didn't, nobody, you know... Nobody, nobody asked. Nobody asked if I wanted that, <laughs> or offered it, or anything. Nope. So that, that was the first... So that was like the day... That was the day Eliza was born. Eliza was born. And that was the first thing I noticed. Mm -hmm. And then when we were in the hospital, I was like, "Eh, excuse me, what about me? Just kidding, I didn't do that. I didn't say anything, ever. What else? So, yeah, and after Eliza was born, like we mentioned previously, you got your maternity leave, which was a little bit shorter than it would have been otherwise, but... Well, the maternity leave portion was the same. Oh, right. I forget how that works. Yeah, you've got your maternity leave. Canada, you have maternity leave and then you have parental leave. So the maternity leave is, I believe, somewhere between 15 or 17 weeks. I don't actually know. Somewhere in there. So that's your maternity leave and that's the time you get to recover from the birth of your child and then you have the parental leave which covers you for the remainder of the year so when somebody has a typical or live birth they're off for a year those first couple weeks are for the person who was given birth cover and then the rest of the leave the parents can share the leave anyways when you say a couple weeks you mean like four months or whatever it is and my paternity leave does not exist that's not a thing no so i didn't get that but i did get my whole my five whole bereavement days from Mm -hmm. work that was provided by my employer well provided by the government um no that was a work thing but it's like mandated by the government is it bereavement days okay someone provided them to me two two of the five days i spent in the hospital Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. Debatable how much bereaving got done those days. 
the following three, we were just home from the hospital. Yeah. But anyway, Leah got her four months and I got five days. So that's a difference that I noticed. Is it good or bad? Who's to say? I'm not going to complain, right? I mean, I think arguably it's bad and that the partner, the person who doesn't give birth to the child should have more than five days to grieve the loss of that child. Now, yes, the grieving process is a lifelong journey, but there is some very acute grief that happens in those early days that makes going to work not possible. For about five days. Now, Mike's really lucky. He was able to go off on stress leave. You know, he has sick days and stuff from his employer, so that was good. But if you have a job that doesn't have that, I don't know what you would do. Then you're just not working? Like, that's... Some people don't have that option financially. Yeah, which seems absolutely wild to me. Like, to think that potentially I would have had to go back to work after five days, that's impossible. I I was off for a total of about a month and a half. And out of the people in our bereavement group, I think you were the f- first one back to work. Or, like, earliest after... Yes, after the loss. Child. Maybe. I don't know if that's true. It, it might actually be true. It, it was pretty close. Yeah, and there, were, there seemed to be a lot of pressure. It's hard to say a lot of pressure from my employer and from my doctor, because... There wasn't a lot of pressure. There was just a lot of checking in, like, are you ready to come back? Are you ready to come back? When right, are you gonna and that be, When are like, you going to be ready to come back? And I'd go to my like doctor. Monop- what's the word? Like, a little, like, tedious, right? It was, like, every two weeks that you were having to go to your doctor and, like, <clears throat> get reevaluated. Yeah, and, and my doctor was great. Uh, he just retired. But, again, I would go to him, and he would say, you know... You don't want to be off forever. You got to get things back to normal sometime. And I'd go, yeah, I guess maybe like another two weeks, though, would be really helpful. And so there was this kind of pressure to to get back to work. And people closer to me in my family and our social worker suggested maybe it was a little bit early to go back. And... (laughs) Looking back, possibly. It was kind of rough there for a while, back at work, but I don't know when it would have been not rough, so. The the leave situation was definitely different. Yeah, and that's, yeah, one of the biggest differences. What else is, like, super different for us? Okay, so I'm gonna say, based on the fact that I'm now in a social media role, I notice a huge difference in, well, A, in content, right? We already touched on this, that most of the content is coming from the people who have given birth, not a lot from the partner's perspective. I've heard from many people that their partners, like, don't want anything to do with social media, and they, like, you know, they their partners don't appear on their social media platforms. I mean, that's just smart for privacy. <laughs> okay, yeah. Don't, don't buy into the attention economy. <laughs> okay. Except for following the baby quest. Can we focus on our what we're doing right now and not doing the social media agenda? Yeah. (sighs) While we talk about it, go ahead and delete your accounts. Carry on. And a lot have, you know, said like, oh no, my partner doesn't like talking about it. He doesn't like sharing his story. He's very private. He... And as much as I can respect that, I think that 
it's important to have both sides of the conversation and for dads to be talking about what they're going through and normalizing it a little bit more that you know it's okay that they're sad and that they're crying and that this has really affected them yeah and I've met a lot of men who are you know also very open about these things like I'm thinking of a lot of the guys from our a group that we went to and can talk about it amongst other people and have told stories about them educating other people and that's all awesome but I know that there are also a lot of guys who are still very much the the kind of typical putting on a tough front right like don't want to let my emotions show I'm not going to talk about it publicly right and I feel like just, I don't know, I feel like I'm putting all those guys on blast now. No. But I feel like that kind of attitude breeds more of the same because if... Right, it breeds the, like, you have to be strong for your partner. Mm-hmm. You can't show emotion because she's in so much pain that you can't also be falling apart, which is not true. We both fell apart together many times. And that it also is like a larger societal notion that men have to be tough and can't be sensitive and in tune with their feelings. And I think all of that is like not really accurate. Yeah, and you see, well, if you're a dude and you... We try to use a lot of non-gender specific language on this podcast, we do. but it's, I, think I think it's going to be hard in this that's episode. At the window, this window, this at the window, this window, this episode. But yeah, if you're a dad and you don't see other dads publicly talking about this stuff or mm. acknowledging its existence, basically, then you are either going to think that you're the only one in the world that this has happened to, or that feels this way. So better kind of keep it to myself or you're gonna think that oh everyone just keeps them to themselves and I guess that's what I have to do too yeah so I don't know I guess I guess you could call me a hero really it's what we're trying to get at <laughs> probably one of the things that I have noticed as a dad mm-hmm. is that when I do have to break the news to someone about like what happened with Eliza like Mm. for example that's happened at work I think a lot more for you than it has it's happened at work a lot for me because I work in a very large institution and all of my closest co-workers were informed about everything that happened while I was off great I just interact with so so many people like so many people are just walking by or know me by because I helped them out at some point or whatever yeah it would be impossible for everybody to know. And that's fine. And so even this past week, I had uh, like one of our old uh, housekeeping staff came by and said, hey, how's it going? Oh yeah, did you have... Uh, and I guess she was just asking if I had any kids or if we have any kids yet or something or some stupid question. And I had to go, oh, no, shoot, you know, dang it, wouldn't you know, we <laughs> we were pregnant, we had a baby, she was stillborn, uh, that, was, that was back in August last year, you know? 
And then first thing, almost without fail, first thing uh, anyone will say is like, oh, and how's your wife doing? Yeah. And I'm very grateful for the concern for Leah, obviously. I'm very, you know, I'm always concerned about Leah too. That's my question all the time every day is how's Leah? How's my wife doing? I want to know. So don't blame other people for wanting to know. But, you know, I'm here too. (laughs) You could ask how I'm doing. And some people do, and some people eventually get around to that, and how are you holding up or whatever. But it's not the first question. The first question is, how's your wife? How's how's Leah handling it? How's Leah doing? Mm. Is Leah okay? So that's just another fun difference that I've noticed. Yeah, and I would say, like, kind of the same. If I'm telling a person who doesn't know you, right? Who knows I'm married but doesn't know who you are. Mm-hmm. They don't often ask, and how's your husband? Sometimes they do, but not always. Sure. Whereas people who know you, even if it's just Leah's married to Mike, like, and they've heard stories about you, they're much more likely to ask how you're doing. So I would say, like, yeah, I've noticed that. Okay. Well, that's good. <laughs> then that that is people asking about dads then. Yeah, a little bit, but, like, still not, like, every person. Mm. Any other differences? So there is a international bereaved Mother's Day. Oh, yeah. Which is celebrated. And it's the weekend before non-bereaved Mother's Day. Yeah. I don't know if it's always that weekend. Anyways, that's what it was this year. But for, there seems to be no internationally recognized bereaved Father's Day seems like some countries have it and some countries don't and it's a little hit and miss i guess that would be nice i mean i'd never heard of international bereaved mother's day until it was happening basically this year i mean i think it's it's one of those things that you don't know about until you're in the club i guess so. i hear about international donuts day like all i feel like there's 10 of those a year Mm. Donuts are important, man. Everybody loves donuts. I don't know. I also find it really easy to find, like, wonderfully inspiring quotes about mothers who, you know, have lost their children. But there aren't those same quotes for dads. Which, when you're putting together social media posts, is a little infuriating. Mm Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's kind of the same. Like, it's well, I mean, what, like, what is even the butterfly run audience breakdown? Like, that's got to be mostly I'm pretty moms. sure. I mean, I haven't looked, but I'm sure that it's, we are a largely female mom demographic. Well, you've been talking about this podcast, which is admittedly a very small sample size. And as far as I know, only Spotify will give you this kind of breakdown of uh, listener demographics because, I don't know, other ones care about privacy. I guess Spotify doesn't. Not sure. So the BabyQuest audience, who also happen to listen to Spotify. So who listen to BabyQuest through Spotify. Right. Okay. Which, if you're listening... Right now, and that's you. Thanks. Great job. Thanks. It was, when I checked, I think it was 92% female, 8% male. All right. Now, maybe all that tells us is that men don't use Spotify. Maybe. Men all use or Apple Podcasts. Maybe couples are listening together, and it's the wife who's, you know, downloading it and pressing mm, play. Listen, if you're a couple listening to this together, you could at least do us the courtesy <laughs> of both 
getting each of your devices out at the same time, three to one hit play. Otherwise, that's stealing from us. No, it's not. To be it's honest. Fine. Don't worry about it. It's just stealing. We love you all. If if this made any money, if this didn't actively cost us money to make this podcast, it would be stealing. Don't worry. We still love you. Keep listening. Do whatever you need to do. But anyway, that's uh, obviously... And, and I have zero statistics like that for any, literally any other podcast service. So... I don't actually know what our numbers are like, right. but judging by that, possibly more people who identify themselves as, as female on Spotify, at least <laughs> listening right. by a lot. And I know some of my dude friends listen, Yeah, but not on Spotify, so they're not part of that. So I don't know. Mm. Have we noticed any other differences? No. I don't have a cool scar. You do. Right. True. Which is also not fair. I mean, you also don't have numbness and pain at your incision site, so... I don't want that. Well, so, you know, can't have one without the other. Fine. I want to talk about Father's Day. Okay, let's do it. Last year on Father's Day... Yeah. Leah was however many months pregnant, nobody knows. Well... What, five? I would have been about 20 weeks pregnant. Four months I don't know. I never knew how many months along I was. I only ever knew how many weeks along I was. Doesn't matter. Roughly between four and five months pregnant. Sure. And she got me a card and a beautiful book for me to read to Eliza and wrote in it, happy, I don't remember. I think it said happy first (laughs) Father's Day, daddy. Yeah. Love buzz. Yeah, and it was so beautiful, and I got extremely emotional. And then I got doubly emotional because... Do you want to tell them what I did for Mother's Day for you last year? You didn't do anything. I did nothing. And I believe the sentiment was, we're not celebrating it until the baby's here. I didn't think that you got Mother and Father's Day until there was a baby. I mean, now we... we I think we both believe. I definitely believed this before but i think you would probably agree with me now we became parents the moment we had a positive pregnancy test right well yeah and we were already parents then i believed it at the time that i was already a mom i was carrying my child and i was a mom i know that not everyone agreed with me on that well what does the pope say about it how many weeks (laughs) what's the official Oh, it's an official life, papal no, life, life beginning. begins at conception. We are going by the Catholic Church. Life begins at conception. Oh yeah, I read a. I was reading a thing that talked about how they changed that. Like it used to be life began later in the pregnancy, and then they they it became less convenient for the Catholic Church, so they changed it to conception. Anyway, I was raised sorry. Catholic, folks. So apologies to our Catholic listeners spotify says 98 percent of our listeners are catholics you so. don't know that don't say facts like that we're gonna get in trouble uh, um yeah so last year on mother's day i firmly believed that i was a mom and yeah and i mean was a little miffed that nobody was celebrating me well to be fair you didn't let on that you were miffed or say anything at all before or after ever and it did not cross my mind that we would be doing mother and father's day stuff that year 
in hindsight, yeah, sure, it makes sense. And I, I would have. It would be done differently. I'm just saying we <laughs> had comments made, or I had comments made to me that said, like, you're not a mom until you change a poopy diaper. And I was like, well. That was not me saying that. Nope. <laughs> no, 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 no. Other no. people made those comments to me. On Mother's Day? Yeah. When you talked about the Mother's Day stuff? Really? That's rough. Well, like, not this Mother's Day. Last year, when no, I was pregnant I with Eliza. Yeah, I know. Okay. Anyway, I'm just saying, yeah, I agree that, you know, we're parents from whenever we feel like we're parents, which could be before you get a positive pregnancy test, if you're trying, I think. Yeah. But I just, it never crossed my mind to, like, celebrate Mother and Father's Day last year, and I felt so bad. And then I felt, yeah, I felt extremely bad on Father's Day because of that. <laughs> And then, obviously, even worse later. And yeah, it was just, um, so you you got me a beautiful Father's Day last year, and I got you a, a no Mother's Day at all. So that's another difference between dads and moms. <laughs> Is that dads have a brilliant wife buying them gifts for them. Mm-hmm. Well, it wasn't really a gift for me. It was a gift for you and Eliza. You were going to read the story to Eliza. I mean, if it's for me, I could read that book in like 30 seconds. Listen, it was a cute hockey book. It was adorable. It is adorable. Although another discussion is going to be that our future child will not know about the sport of hockey because we are not paying for them to go to hockey. Our entire lives are not becoming driving to and from hockey. No, they're going to have another sport like swimming or... I want nothing. The soccer. Ottawa Senators have spurned me so badly. Swimming or soccer. Soccer's not great. Soccer, I mean, as far as the driving and going to things goes, we only have like two months of soccer in this country. So oh, no, okay. you don't. Hello, indoor soccer. No, that's stupid. <laughs> Swimming, lacrosse, baseball. L- lacrosse is just hockey again. Uh, field hockey. That's hockey. Uh, speed skating, figure skating. I don't think we have speed skating in Ottawa, we do we? We do. Where? I don't, I know little kids who do speed skating out, out of, outside of Ottawa, but like near Ottawa. Mm, that sounds so far. I'm sure there's other skating clubs that have speed skating. They're just going to run and they're going to run barefoot like the real runners. So we don't yeah. have to buy them shoes. That's fine. They'll be track athletes. They could be runners, cross country, orienteering. Uh, it sounds like a lot of traveling again, actually. We're going to get them a really nice computer. <laughs> Cyclist. Esports. Cyclist. They you can would, cycle to all of their you events. You would not allow them to sit on a computer all day and not do anything. Whatever. They can't go to CrossFit either because CrossFit is racist now. We could do CrossFit in our driveway. I'm just joking. CrossFit is not racist, just... The person who invented and owns CrossFit is racist, but I think he had to leave the company this week. He was very racist <laughs> recently, and that was bad. Great. Yeah, so what else? Is that it? Well, before people think that I didn't do anything for you for Mother's Day this past year... Oh, no, you did. I did, and it was very beautiful and nice. You made me a beautiful card mm-hmm. from Eliza. Yep. You got me a new sports band <laughs> for my watch. Okay, well, that part's not that was it? romantic or anything. It was romantic. I guess Mother's Day is not necessarily a romantic holiday either, though. No, I don't know why Mother's Day has to be romantic. <laughs> I got you a very practical yeah. 
gift that you specifically asked for. Exactly. It's perfect. Yeah. Was that it? Was that all you did for Mother's Day? I think so. What do you mean all I did? I just want to make sure I'm not like... I gave you a beautiful day and I was waiting on you hand and foot. Oh, you did bring me tea in bed. I brought you a whole tea in bed. That was good. What are you doing for Father's Day for me? I have your present ready. (gasps) What is it? I'm not telling you. Hmm. I mean, I can't guarantee a tea in bed because you often wake up before I do. Yeah, every day. Always wake up before you. (laughs) Might have to set my alarm. I'll just get back into bed and you can bring me tea. Okay. Sweet. Um, Is that it? Did we do it? Did we talk about Father's Day? I think so. And I think I kind of managed to avoid sounding like a big complainy head. Mm. Which again, I find so, I find, that's the part that I find difficult about this conversation. And not like I'm worried about coming across as a big whiny person. Because you are. That is part of it. But I don't know, because I feel, part of me does feel like, like there is, (laughs) we will never be able to say that we had the exact same experience. No, of course not. I did not carry Eliza around inside of me for many months. No. And you also did not give birth to her. No. I was there for those things. I got to talk to Eliza a lot Mm -hmm. and hang out with her and go to all the ultrasounds. Punched you in the face a couple times. She punched me in the face, which was great. (laughs) But it's hard for... I find it really hard to sit here and say... We should be, you know, treated equally and have equal compensation and stuff when in a lot of ways our experience wasn't equal. Maybe not in a lot of ways. Maybe just in one big way that I feel like is significant or seems really significant. I don't even know if like necessarily, you know, it has to be equal. I just think it has to be better than it currently is. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if like maybe... Dads don't need the exact same amount of time that moms get because, you know, they aren't recovering physically, but they probably need more than five days. Yeah. So, you know, maybe it isn't 15 weeks. Maybe it's 10 weeks. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that's the right way to frame it. It doesn't need to be equal, but right now it's everything in terms of recognition and services available and community available and resources available should be more than what it is. Even when I was looking up bereaved fathers, bereaved father's day, that kind of stuff, I found many articles written by women about their spouses for father's day. So like these are women or couples who have gone through loss and it's the woman writing about their husband and the experience. I'm like, well, why is it? No, I would never like think about writing about it. Like me writing about your experience. Right. Yeah. Imagine how wild it would be if I wrote about your experience. (laughs) No, nobody would, nobody would allow that to happen. Right? (laughs) Nobody, nobody would post that first of all, because they'd be like, "Mm, maybe we should hear from, you know, the person who actually went through it. Oh man. Carrying a baby around was so hard. (laughs) For Leah. And then two, all of the interactions with that post would be, why are you the one writing it? Why aren't we hearing from the person who actually went through this? Yeah. Right? So I think that's a good... We did it? 
I think that's a good way to end our discussion about men's rights. <laughs> Finally, the I'm patriarchy. Gonna stop, stop you right here. Is back. I'm gonna stop you. All right. Thank you for listening. But no, I just want to say I think you're right. It's not about it. It's about. Mm, no, it doesn't have to be equal. It just has to be better. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Baby Quest. You can find us on Instagram at babyquestpod. You can follow me at Love for Buzz. You can find us on Twitter at babyquestcast or me <laughs> at... You don't have to give yours. I'm at the Mike Wheeler. You can come say hi and wish me a belated happy Father's Day if you want. I'm on Instagram, too. I, I don't have it on my phone right now. I don't have Twitter on my phone, either, but I check Twitter more. If you feel like it, you could rate, review this podcast. Oh, we haven't checked for reviews. We'll check next time, and if there are some great ones, we'll... We'll read them out. <laughs> read them uh, again. If you know somebody who you think would like this podcast, share it with them. Tell them about it. And If you know a father, just say... What's up? I mean, maybe wish them a happy Father's Day. I don't know. Or that. I mean, it's too late now. You could say happy belated Father's Day. Put it in your calendar for next year, 2021. Oh, boy. Set a reminder. Oh, boy. All right, we hope you had a great Father's Day. I hope everyone has a great Father's Day out there. And we'll talk to you next week. I love you. Bye.